We are back from our family road trip. Yep, we survived. Can you believe it? We did over, what, 900 miles of travel? Oh, gosh. With kids. With kids. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you doing today? Thank you so much for listening, and I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 96 of the Chris and Christine Show. do 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 Fantastic. It is so good to be back home. Oh, gosh. Our bed felt so good last night. I think that I could have slept for, like, I don't know, ever. Just call me Sleeping Beauty. Oh, you did. So last night, we actually got home back here, back home to the home base. In Southern California. Right. And back to our bed, like Christine just said. Yep. From our seven-day epic 2021 family road trip. It is probably the longest road trip I have ever been on in my life, I can think about, maybe. Um, well, How long did we go for Zion? Was it only five days? Uh, maybe it was five days, but it wasn't as far. We went so far away. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess mileage-wise, it was around the same as Zion. It but, was? Are you sure? But we did it all in one day. What? Well, we like drove there in one day instead of like having a mid-time stopover. Right. And 400 miles with kiddos in the car. Oh, Lord, help us. We are so, brave. We are brave we deserve a medal and that back seat oh my goodness it was so destroyed coming back <laughs> home i don't know these kids man it stinks so bad there they take all their stuff they dump it all over the floor of the uh, back seat of the car and then whatever food they have they just throw the wrappers on the floor maybe we should preface this by saying we have three boys right three boys that while they you know take care of their personal hygiene they can still that's be gonna a be question bit, that's know, they can still be a little bit stinky yes <laughs> but we love them they're a little teddy bears they're so cute uh, so if you want to know where we went we went on an adventure we left on sunday so officially one week ago today because today is sunday we're oh, recording yeah. this so officially one week ago in the past way back then one week ago when we were so changed we've been so changed since then but we left a week ago and for all of you listeners, we are based in our home base is in San Diego County in California in the United States, because we know we have a lot of international listeners. And let me just kind of drift back a little bit before this. So last year, we wanted to take our boys on a vacation. But obviously, in the midst of COVID, we couldn't really fly anywhere and no place was really open. So we opted for a national park and we took the boys to Zion. That's right. Yeah, and Zion National Park, which is in Utah. It's on the southern border of Utah, so it's not right. like way up north. Right, it's and it's probably... about 400 miles away for us. And how far is it from Las Vegas, you'd say? So it was like an hour and a half, maybe two hours past Las Vegas. And so we drove to Vegas and we stopped and then we did the second day drive into Zion. The difference this year is that we decided to go about the same distance and we were going up into central California the... Um, near the entrance to Yosemite, and we decided to drive it in one day with all of our boys. Wow, one shot straight through. Yeah, and we only made, I think, maybe one or two bathroom stops tops. It was a long day with traffic. Uh, so we left last Sunday, 
And who was the driver, Chris? Christine is driving her <laughs> brand new Ruby Ride you keep Part her, 2. Don't call her Ruby. Uh, Ruby Part 2. Okay, we have to come up with a name. Help us name the new Explorer. Brand new Explorer. Which is funny. We took your old Explorer on the last year's road trip. Right. So this year we're taking the new Explorer, which is the same color. Same color. Just a, has a sport aesthetic package on it so it looks really we good we took that one on this road trip so next year's road trip we're taking the next car you're gonna buy <laughs> no but uh we left here we were supposed to leave at 8 a.m on the dot but somebody one member of our family is consistently late who would that possibly be um i don't know maybe my uh co-host of the chris and christine show are you saying me uh, well yeah. i am a slacker in the morning i must admit that you are a snail Definitely sloth mode. And so we were an hour and 15 minutes getting late getting on the road because somebody's motto is... Pack the day of. And always late, but... Always late, but worth the wait. <laughs> That's what I always say. So the boys and I were like ready to go, so excited. And um, we finally got on the road and traffic was heavy. Like I was not expecting it to be that For yucky. a Sunday. Yeah, you know? for a Sunday early morning. And it ended up taking us with only two very brief stops for bathroom breaks. And we grabbed food on the road. It took us over nine hours to drive 400 miles. And so we were going up to an area in Central California. It's really beautiful. It's called Bass Lake. And it's, it's in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Yeah, it's in the Sierra right? Nevadas off of the 41 freeway up in um, just it's not like the high Nevadas. It's like um, one of the lower lakes, but it's near Coarse Gold, Oak Oakhurst, and North Fork area. And so my parents have a membership at an RV resort there that also happens to have several cabins that you can rent. Yeah, they didn't have a ton of cabins. I saw what, maybe like four at the whole residence. Well, I there's think. like twelve, but of our size, there was only two. Oh wow! The we rest got, of them are one bedroom, one bath. We got. Big cabins. And and also on this note of us traveling all the way up here, too, is that Christine's new Explorer, although we did pack the back of the vehicle with all kinds of stuff we needed for the trip, stuff to move in, stuff to live off of in a cabin for the course of, what, four days? Four or five days, yeah. So we also had to strap our luggage to the roof. <laughs> so Christine bought on Amazon one of those, like, cargo bags. There are big, like, cargo carrying... It's it's not like the cargo, like, um, platform that you see strapped to the... Like, right, it's not a basket. Like a safari basket type of thing. It's an actual, like, bag, like a zipper bag, almost like a big sleeping bag. Right, but it has, like, this real heavy-duty... Um, plastic it's almost like a plasticky canvas with a really heavy reinforced zipper and straps that go around my rack on top and you know we had to use every inch of space because In that car yeah right because we wanted to meal plan you know we didn't want to have to spend a ton of money on food while we were up there and so i meal planned out every meal for the trip and then packed a bunch of dry goods and a bunch of snacks and then uh, when we got up to the Central Valley, we just bought all of our meats and our perishables to take up the hill with us. And so we wouldn't have to eat out at all. Right. So that was a good meal planning because we saved so much money actually bringing all our food with us. Unfortunately, it took up so much cargo room in the vehicle <laughs> that we had to strap our luggage to the roof, which I haven't done that since I've seen the Griswolds in yeah. the vacation movie do that. Yeah. Fortunately, nothing fell off. We did a really good job of getting it up there. Uh, but on our vacation, it was the five of us plus Clover went with us this year. So we had to pack all the puppy stuff. And honestly, 
if friends, it felt like we were packing for a baby because we had to get her playpen, her kennel, all of her toys, her food. We had to get everything, her car seat, because, you know, puppies are supposed to be restrained in the vehicle. So they, you know, if you get... Says who? Well, if you get in an accident, you don't want them flying forward and getting injured. Trust me, if you get in an accident, I think your puppy going through the window is probably the last thing you're worried about. I think of the kids and the, the us in well, general. Well, the kids are already restrained, but my puppy is always in a pet smart uh, little pet carrier thingy it's like a car seat in other words the dog has her own child seat yes so she takes up a seat yes in the entire car (laughs) lucky her she does but she was so happy to be on the trip with us and was actually just a little angel right so she was absolutely adorable and when we got up to the cabin up the big bear i'm sorry up to bass lake i don't want to say big bear up the bass lake we got to this got to the cabin we check in we get all our stuff settled in everybody grabs a room the kids fight over which room they want to have the room the place had it was a three bedroom two bath with a full kitchen and a kitchen bar and a big giant patio and a dining area and a living room i mean it really we were in style it was like what they did is they took these like double wide mobile homes and made them look a little bit cabiny just by like painting the color. But inside it was our cabin was called the Ansel Adams cabin. And so inside there was Ansel Adams photography. And you're right. There was this huge patio and we brought a hammock that we set up on the the posts outside. Oh, can, I, can I tell the hammock story? Oh, gosh. OK, this is the first day that we're there and we're setting up everything. So we're I- unloading the car, of yeah. course, bringing everything into the house, all our luggage, all of our cooking supplies and all the food we brought. And Christine got this little portable hammock. It's like a hammock you would bring like if you were going backpacking somewhere in the woods and you wanted to like pitch a ha- hammock and like take a nap. Yeah, it was my dream to always like have a hammock and read on like a camping trip. And so it was a last minute purchase, but I found it and it was supposed to be very sturdy. And I was very, very excited because I've always wanted to do that. And I only remember being able to be in a hammock one time. And it was like my uncle bought one when we were camping down at the river uh, when I was younger. And when I grew up, I always wanted to have a hammock. So Christine picks up this hammock and we take it with us. And on the front porch of the house, there's like a big patio, like a big wooden deck. And on the deck, there's like a what's that thing you, that's above you that's got like, it's not like a, it's not like it actually lets um, a water run through, but it's like a shade thing. It's like a gazebo kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there were some posts next to that holding that up. They're about six to ten feet apart. Perfect length to hang a hammock. So Christine hangs it up. She wraps the thing up. She clips it all together. And, and mind you, I read directions. So I was following the directions on the box to the T. Right. So she follows the instructions. But come on now. How simple is it? You basically you tie it to a tree. How hard is that to figure out? So Christine follows their instructions, which says, like, wrap it around and, like, call it a day. I don't know who does well, that. Well, you know, you wrap it around and you had to do this, like, special loop knot. And then you you fasten the carabiner to the inside of the knot. And so I fastened it in. And then I was very leery because, you know, it's a hammock. And what happens if it's not fastened? Well, Christine actually fall, <laughs> fell on her butt. She got on the thing, fell right to the floor. Because the I thing did. wasn't tied to the tree and I or to the my post. Wrist. I fell on my booty and I caught myself with my wrist and I was like, I am not going to be injured starting on our first day of our vacation. So me being the hero that I am. And I said, no. And then I said, Chris, please don't touch it. Just set it to the side. I'll deal with it later. So Chris being the hero that I am, I go in there and I say, I see the, you, this knot side here came undone. You didn't tie it correctly. So let me go in there and tie that side really 
good. So I tie that that one side really following the same directions that I followed. No, I tied it really good. Uh huh. Then I get into the hammock, and then I fall through the floor because the other side that I didn't check wasn't tied at all. And so, mind you, we're in the forest, you know, with our cabin, and I hear scream, and then a thud all the way to the ground, and then of course. You know, just like you have to treat a man for a man cold. You know, he was man injured. And so he was like limping and hobbling and I'm very injured and I hurt my back and everything. Mind you, he carried along that back injury with him for several days. And I just had to say. I think I still feel injured, actually. Mm -hmm. And I had to say, if you would have listened, Chris. (sighs) And then you got determined, right? And I actually tie. I didn't. I took the instructions and threw them away. And I said, you know what? These things need to be actually physically tied to the tree or the or the post or whatever right. you're tying it to, tie them in decent good knots, knots, and then you clip the little thing to it and you're good to go. And guess what happened? I did it my way and it worked. Thank you, you very did, much. and you were the hero of the hammock, and it was one of our favorite things. All the kids kept taking turns sitting out there and. You would be out there because you could actually get signal because we had like no signal. Well, that's for our another phones. thing too. Our house had the campground itself says it has Wi-Fi for the campground, which is good to know because our cell phones like barely even worked out there. We're in the middle of nowhere, so we go. Maybe there. I planned it that way. Uh, maybe you did because we're out there. I'm trying to get so I link into their campground Wi-Fi, which. Remind you, it's a pretty good-sized campground spread over a good-sized area on kind of a hill with trees everywhere. So they got one Wi-Fi for the entire campground. Right. So basically, if you are not standing at the Wi-Fi antenna, wherever you are in the campground, it's barely going to work. And inside of our cabin, which is funny that it had a uh, TV that had a smart TV with Netflix and everything built onto (laughs) it connected to their campground Wi-Fi, which never worked, by the way, because we couldn't get signal for Wi-Fi inside the house. That's okay though, because I wanted us to be unplugged. (sighs) Well, Well, it was was great. It was frustrating for me. It was great. I could see, post you nothing. could see everybody. You could see how we're already starting to have some friction because he says it was frustrating, and I say it was great because I wanted us to be unplugged. So, dun dun dun. That's like foreshadowing to how the rest of the vacation went. Okay, so <laughs> we're moving on to Tuesday now. Tuesday. Well, first of all, I mean, I want to finish that night. So my parents were there uh, with us, and we'd planned out for my parents to make dinner that night because we were going to make dinner the next night. And the kids were actually allowed to do s'mores over. It was a, a weird campfire because they couldn't do an open fire. It had to be over. We are in major fire red flags uh, warning in California. Like, right. It is like the extreme level of the, the extreme me- me- meter for uh, wildfires. It goes from like real light to extreme heavy. It's on the extreme heavy part right now right now am i getting the day wrong chris because actually you are I, getting the day wrong you're right you're right we didn't do s'mores that day what did we do we did we, ice cream sundays there you go mom and dad's camper i'm sorry i got us all mixed up so moving on to the next effort our our first official day waking up was monday so monday we had we we're by the lake so what do you do by the lake you go to the lake to get in the lake to get wet yes or to fish or to fish. So what we did do is have a beach day on Monday. We load up the car and we followed Christine's parents over with their boats over to another side of the lake. The lake's kind of this weird like it's sort of like a uh, rectangle shape, maybe it's not a, not a circle shape. It's yeah, like, it's kind of oblong. Has yeah. like little fingers that go out on different sides to like 
different areas and more oval shape for a like right. a big long oval for the mm-hmm. shape for the lake really but if you think of either side of the oval it's a little bit shallow on one side because the water levels are down because we're in a drought in california well that's another thing too yeah the lake was a lot lower than it usually is i think i probably would say probably 10 to 12 feet lower you can see on the ridge where right. it would have been is 10 or 12 feet lower than it normally is so it was a much lower <clears throat> lower lake Right. Well, my parents have a fishing boat and it doesn't require a whole lot of water. I mean, it, ha- it has a propeller, but it's not like one of those aluminum fishing boats. It's one that it's got some good speed behind it. And so my parents are so sweet that they wanted to take the boys fishing, but they also borrowed this giant inner tube from their friends that they could pull behind the boat so that the kids could do some water sports. And so my parents had to launch the boat there and we found a spot to day camp and Clover was with us that first day. We put her in her little life vest and tried to introduce her to swimming and it was so adorable. Oh, she was like, what is this water all about? And then when, <laughs> when you get her in the water, she was swimming swimming back towards shore. You put her in the water and she's like, oh, nope, not for me. And I'm swimming <laughs> back, to the, back to shore. But also on that day, we took the boat out and me and the boys and your dad all went out fishing for the first time out there in the lake and we caught nothing nothing, <laughs> nothing but some seaweed and i was even wondering if there's even fish in that lake because i never even saw a fish i never saw nothing we all thought we caught something we end up our hooks getting getting snagged on the seaweed on the, <laughs> on the bottom like, oh i think i got something and we pull it up and it was like tumbled grass or seaweed or uh, seaweed whatever we call it on the bottom of our hook so we caught nothing that day so we switched gears and went into more of the water sport activities right. on the lake, which was the pulling the kids in the little inner tube raft thing behind the boat. Well, that was so much fun. Well, did we only pull the kids or did we pull you too? I got pulled too. And I got video <laughs> of me getting splashed in the face and running, getting crazy and all that. And I did not fall off. Although I think one of the kids fell off the thing. We all have to wear a life vest when we go on that right. thing. It's by law. If you're on any kind of water, like a jet ski or any kind of wakeboard or anything like that. You have to have a life vest in the lake. And it is pretty deep because there's times when you're out there and you can't touch the ground. Right. Most of the time, really. Yeah. But it was really fun. And so when the boat can only hold six people total. And so my mom and I would stay on shore and visit and she would be knitting and I'd be playing with Clover in the water. And I got some good sun and we bought little floaties from Target, like the little blow up donuts and like the long skinny raft ones with like the little pillow on it that are like totally 1980s style and it was like leopard print and it was so cute but it was really fun to just like unplug and relax and we took a picnic and so we ate by the lake and we stayed there pretty much all day long and the boys were dying to stay there for the rest of the day they had so much fun oh kids in water you got heat summer it's very hot there by the way it was like 90s High 90s, I would think. Yeah, it was even, 90s. Even at night, it got down to like the 80s, which still, ugh, you know. So we were there, and uh, the kids love water. Let me tell you, everybody loves water when it is summertime. Right. And so they had fun playing in it. And then eventually, at the end of the day, we decided to wrap it up and get back because I was making tacos for everybody for dinner. Fantastic. A, f- a family favorite. Yep. And so we went back to the cabin, and I made tacos, and the kids 
played around. And the great thing about this RV resort, and it was called Bass Lake at Yosemite RV Resort. Which is funny because it's not really at Yosemite. I always say that. But it's like the last big town before you get to Yosemite. All the neighboring towns around Yosemite always say Yosemite uh, Motel or Yosemite uh, Restaurant or Yosemite something. But they're not physically in Yosemite. So I don't get it. Because it's like the gateway to Yosemite. There's like only a couple of ways to get in there. It's, It's all about tourism, baby. I know it is, but if you're on Expedia, right, and you're looking through hotels, oh, this one's called the uh, Yosemite uh, Inn Hotel. Great. Mm-hmm. And you, click, you go stay there, you realize Yosemite's another hour away. Yeah. You're like, this isn't false advertising. <laughs> well, we had a great night having tacos, and then that was the night that my parents did the s'mores for the kids. And the great thing about this RV resort is that they have like a five or 10 mile an hour speed limit inside. And so even though... The signs said that your kids could had to be supervised and couldn't be unattended. There was kids playing everywhere. And so we were able to, before dark, when it was still safe, let the kids roam around because we didn't want them out after dark because there was a bear warning that was out. No way. But we never saw a bear there in the campground. I, I, think, I think I saw some squirrels. Yeah. That's I, about it, really. I saw a cat, like a feral cat. Yeah. Like just like a roaming cat, but... Um, the kids were, we took their skateboards and their helmets, their longboards. And so they were skateboarding around and they met a bunch of friends. Oh, and gosh. They were out till like nine at night, hanging out with all their friends, having a good old time. There was a basketball court there, too. So they're playing basketball. There was actually a pool there, although we did not use the pool. But right. The, but the there kids- was a kid's game room. And so they could go play like foosball and pool and stuff like that. And it was great for them because they did get to wander around and then they'd come back to us filthy at the end of the night. Oh, gosh. Luckily, this cabin did have showers and uh, means to get kids clean because they did use that. And their bathroom was thrashed after the kids were there. <laughs> I know. It really was. What did they do? They drop all their clothing off on the floor and they leave toothpaste all over the counter. <laughs> and somehow they smear it all over the counter, too. I don't, I don't know, how, know that- how that even works. Like, I how don't does know, that even happen? I don't know what they do. They must take their toothpaste, toothbrush after they brush your teeth and just, just like scrub throw, it all over. Oh, they just <laughs> toss it onto the counter. Or like, like finger paint with toothpaste really oh, is what it looks so like. So gross. And the room's the same way too. So, But that was fun. So you want to move on to the next day, baby? Yeah. So on Tuesday, uh, my parents were only able to stay till Tuesday. So they had to take two trips because they had a trailer and a boat and they couldn't tow both. So while they were going down the hill to drop off their trailer... We slept in and I made a nice size breakfast for us and we just kind of wandered around the house and the kids went and played for a little bit and then we went down into town to do a little bit of and and by town I mean like the five shops that are in Bass Lake and we went to get a few things from the grocery store so that we could go out to the lake again but I put on a pot of chili so that we could have chili when we came back. Fantastic. Now, this little town, this little store, it's like their main hub where the uh, you can launch boats. They got boat rentals. They've got jet ski rentals. They've got a restaurant there, I think. They have like a hotel. A resort. Uh-huh. A big resort hotel there overlooking the water there. And it's a little strip mall. And they have a gas station. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Let me clarify this gas station. It's a shell gas station, but it literally has one pump, one gas pump. And is extremely expensive. I think we paid close to five dollars no, a gallon. No, we paid four forty nine. Whatever it was, which is like San Diego prices. I don't know they're quite that high yet. <laughs> Maybe they are. Well, you know, we we went up there to get a few little things, and the boys saw these little hoodies that they wanted, and you know, little tiny. Like Mason got a little bear with a little handkerchief and souvenir city. Yeah, souvenir stuff. And uh, then we went 
because we had promised the boys we were going to rent a boat. So Chris and I went down to the dock to reserve a boat for a couple of days later in the week so that we could make good on our promise to our boys of renting a boat to take them out by themselves. But also on Tuesday, that was the day your dad came back with the boat and we brought back the inflatable and we did a whole nother beach day, part mm-hmm. two. But this time we did not bring Clover. Clover got to stay at the cabin with the air conditioning on yeah. and relaxed in her little playpen we brought for her. Right. So on Tuesday, we go down to the boat. Uh, we go down to the water, get the boat out. We do boat rides with Christine, her family and the kids. We do the boat, the towing, the little inflatable thing all over again. Had a great time. Did not do any fishing that day, but all we did was water sports stuff. And I actually got on the inflatable. And so Chris learned how to do the flagging, which is like a safety mechanism. If somebody's in the water, you have Who to Who even use- knew that was even a thing? Yeah. I, I thought you're like, you're good. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm driving. You're good back there, right? Yeah, you got it. Okay, <laughs> let's go. If you, if, if you fall off, just yell. Just yell. Stop. <laughs> no. So, you know, this is a really fun trip for me because it helped to introduce you to the way that I spent my summers as a kid and as a teenager out on rivers and lakes. And so we got to teach you about, you know, putting up the the orange flag when a swimmer is in the water so that people slow down and um, learning all of those different tips and tricks. And so did you have fun going out on the boat? Oh, I had so much fun on the boats. I had so much fun on the water raft, getting pulled around. Although I think it's kind of hard to hang on sometimes. So <laughs> I think it'd be easier if I'm maybe on a wakeboard or a skis, maybe. But no, that- those are harder. So oh, the, they are? The what first couple days when my parents were there, it was like a, a sit down. They call it a striker. And so you sit and it has like a backrest for you. And it's basically like being in a recliner in the water. It reminds me of that big pillow that you'd like have like, um, I don't know what you call like it. Like a beanbag chair? Yeah. Well, kind of. More like a big big circle. It's a circle shape with a little small back to it and handles mm-hmm. on the front of the circle. So it's a yeah. big like big pillow you'd sit on. And well, you're on the big, let's say you actually inflated with air. And you'd sit in the thing in the water and they pull you behind the boat. And you kind of get dragged around in the water and you kind of right. get a little wet and a little splash and that kind of thing. Yeah, which is different from the end of the week, what we did. But we'll get to that. But that was our day on Tuesday. And then we went back and we had the chili was ready to go. And I made cornbread. It took forever to cook because of the altitude. But then we let the kids roam around until dark. And then they came back and... Um, we knew we had to get up early the next morning because on Wednesday we woke up bright and early and we went into Yosemite. Now, we did not take Clover into Yosemite because it was very hot. And we're going to tell you more about that when we come back. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Amio. Amio is a travel booking platform that makes planning your journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter the travel details and Amio will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. And best of all, using Amio saves you time and money. Yeah, that's a win-win. Amio wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head over to Amio.com and use the code Amio5 at checkout. Valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transportation. It's just a pick-me-up 2021 needs. Amio, plan, book, and love the journey 
Terms and conditions apply. So welcome back, everybody. And we're going to launch into telling you about our Yosemite adventure on Wednesday. Yosemite. We actually drove into Yosemite. Now, Bass Lake and adjacent to Yosemite, how far away do you think it is? So it's 13 miles from Bass Lake to the gates at Yosemite. But we had to go early because... Why was that? Because of COVID, so many families are staying domestic that there's been a lot of news stories about national parks having so many tourists. And so... We knew that we were going to need to get in early to be able to avoid lines because there was even signs as we were driving up to Yosemite and it was like, if you're here, it's a 120 minute wait to get to the gate. It's like they do those at theme parks too sometimes yeah. when you go to the spot here or you you wait at the front, uh, front of the uh, the ride Space Mountain like Disneyland or whatever. I'll tell you a 90 minute wait or whatever. And you say, forget that ride. I'm going somewhere else. Right. But uh, same kind of thing. I get you. Yeah. But we drove up and there were only 10 cars in front of us. And so we thought for sure that we would be in quick. But just our luck, Yosemite was having issues with their computer system. And so it actually took us 45 minutes to get into the gate. Which is crazy. We're like right there, right in front. Right there. It was like it was like the gates. If you ever go into a theme park and have those gates to take you through the parking into like their main area, which takes you to their parking lot. It was kind of like going through that gate where you get a little ticket, you pay for parking, you go through. It was exactly like that kind of setup. But we get there. We're like wondering what's taking forever. Right. So we finally got through the gates. And then as we got through the gates, the kids were like, okay, when are we stopping? I was like, actually, it's another hour to get to the Yosemite Valley floor. No way. What a rip. Off. I know. The kids were like, what? We have to wait another hour? We've been in here forever. And, they, and these roads, they're not like straight freeways. They are twisty mountain roads because you, they will make you sick if you are looking anywhere else but on the road because I get car sick easily. I know, right. the, I know the kids do too. As a backup, we each have these little barf bags we call them. We buy, <laughs> yeah. we buy them on Amazon. They're like, I don't know if they're called barf bags, what they're technically called, but they're like little circle rings with a plastic bag you kind of pull out from the bottom, which extends like a big long sock and that has a little ring at the top and in case of an emergency you use it and you don't do it all over the car like the kids right. have done in the past fortunately nobody got car sick but oh we, lucky on that yeah yeah but we did take the drive in we stopped as we got through the entrance tunnel um several miles down the road and got this beautiful view of yosemite valley including half dome who knew that you have to take a tunnel to get in yosemite yeah, but it's because they had to like drill through or blow dynamite through the mountains to be able to create an entrance because back in the olden days, people would have to like take their wagons and horses over the ridges. No way. Can you imagine that? Oh, no, I just, no, not at all. You just bypass it. <laughs> I'd be like, that sounds good. Like, all right, back to the beach. Hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we finally made our way down to the Yosemite Valley and we just had to figure out where we wanted to start. And so we decided to start in the Yosemite Falls area. Um, it was still early. I mean, it was like 9.30-ish by the time that we got parked and we wanted to do our first hike. And it said, there's like signs everywhere that say like what the level of the hikes are from one to six. And so we chose Wait, the one. One, one to, okay, one is like walking on a sidewalk. Yeah, basically. Really. <laughs> and in fact, the Yosemite Falls, there's two Yosemite Falls. There's the major one you see in all the photographs. That's the upper. That's uh-huh. the big giant one. And because it falls down, it must break into another fall, which is the lower falls. Right. Which is the one we went to. But we didn't even do that. Below the lower falls are the lower falls pools. And so... Uh, it's where the lower falls like trickle into. And so there's little like, well, during springtime, it's like a gushing river. But during summertime, there's these like in between the rocks, little pools of water with little tiny, teeny micro waterfalls that are like, you know, 
six inches high that flood into these little and that's, areas. That's because uh, during the springtime, the uh, snowfall actually melts uh, all the snow they have, the glacier fall, all the stuff up the top. Right. It flood it melts because of springtime warmer weather causes the rivers and causes the waterfalls to be magnificent. Yeah. Probably in June, I would say, is a good no, time to May. go. May. May is really good. So when we go here in July, middle of summer, a lot of that water is kind of already drying up. So right. the waterfall wasn't that impressive as far as like a big gushing waterfall. But it was beautiful. It was beautiful, but it was more of a trickle. I right. Would say, well, than- I mean, it was just, it was a good, it was a decent sized waterfall, just not as wide. And so... You know, Mason, the Chris and the bigger boys were walking way far ahead of us because Mason was like dragging his feet like, I hate hiking. My legs hurt. <laughs> da, 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 da. And, you know, I'm trying to like chit chat with him and make it fun. I'm like, but you like hiking, Mason. You liked when we went to Zion. He's like, I didn't like it in Zion. And, you know, then he's, you know, getting all grumpy. Well, then we finally come around the last little clearing and he sees the waterfall and there's a ton of boulders giant rocks of all different sizes and there's like little these little water pools in between it of fresh flowing water from the waterfall and then he decides he now loves hiking and is going to scale these boulders and wants to hike all the way up to the waterfall on the boulders off the path right right i i joined him and christine joined him over there trying to navigate these boulders because they're all different shapes and sizes it's basically it's like if someone took a bunch of rock and and, and jumped dump all these big boulders in one pile and they all kind of fell in different different angles and stuff so right. the waterfall comes across that stuff it comes down and then it kind of comes across those boulders down to the wherever it goes down to the river i guess down below. right but so, when we're talking boulders they're not like one foot boulders. There's some that are one foot tall, some that are two feet tall, and some that are like nine feet tall boulders. Like some are the size of houses. Right. So they're all over because it's, you know, thousands of years of rocks eroding from the canyons or from the walls around Yosemite from the mountains. And so, you know, Mason's just hopping along and, you know, Chris and I are starting to hobble through and I was like, there's no way that I'm going to do these big ones. So I stayed lower and um, then Mason made his way back to join me after a little while because I found a little water pool and I'd taken off my shoes and I was sitting there soaking my feet in the waterfall pools and it felt glorious. It was probably really cold, wasn't it? It wasn't as cold as you would expect, but on a hot day, it was perfect. It was probably close to 100 degrees that day, wasn't it? Or maybe 90s? It was in the 90s. Well, when we first got to Yosemite, it was in like the 70s and 80s. But yeah, it warmed up pretty quickly and we had all of our water with us, but... Uh, Once Mason joined me and you walked off a little bit, Chris, um, he was looking at these little water pools and we were on the side of a rock that was super slick. And he was like, this is like a slide. Oh, did he slide in? And then I I told him that it was like nature's slip and slide and I convinced him to try it. And so then he slid down the side of the rock right into the pool fully clothed. And he thought that was hilarious. And so did I. And then I said, do you dare me to do it too? He was like, yeah, yeah, do it. And so I did. I was fully clothed and I was like, why not? This is memories for our kids. Well, then Jacob, who had decided not to do the climb with us and was like standing off to the side, saw what we were doing. And then he thought that that was cool. And so Mason was like done and was like scampering around the different boulders. But then Jacob came back and he was sliding into the little pool over and over again but I told him you've got to be careful because that rock is slippery so then he was trying to climb out of the little pool and he couldn't he kept sliding down he was like stuck he was and he kept sliding down I was like go the other way to the flat rock and he was like he slid back in and then he ended up getting wet all the way up to his shoulders no way (laughs) 
But the water wasn't that deep, was it? Like, it, like two feet deep maybe in that area? Uh, Yeah, but if you're sliding down, well, you, you right kind of like it. fall backwards, whatever. And we had a rule, though, because in freshwater streams, there can be harmful bacteria. What? And so we made Gross. Sh- well, but just like in Zion. So you don't put your head underwater. And we taught our kids that last summer when they were at Zion is you can swim in the water, but you never put your head under the water because bacteria can get in through your mouth, your nose and your ears. And we want to keep them safe. And so we always say. You can you can swim and wade around in it, but nothing above the shoulders. And so they know that rule. And you know Zeke was too cool for school and was off to the side. Yeah, he was on his phone watching YouTube or something on yeah. the trail. I think we actually had signal in that area of the um, park, we which had- was hard because the kids didn't have signal for the rest of the week. I know how rough was that. Yeah, <laughs> it was horrible. I know actually had to drive out to Yosemite like no cell phone service. And when we finally came out that tunnel, we did have a little bit of cell phone service. I sent a few pictures out, but other than that. A lot of the adventures were cell phone free, like signal right. signal free. Signal say. free, yeah. But you know, we had fun on that hike, and then after that, it was pretty warm. So we spent a few hours on that and came back and had lunch around eleven thirty or noon. But before lunch, walking back from oh, the yeah, trail, oh yeah, I forgot. We were walking by the trail, which is kind of next to like this little road they had there. So we walk along the trail back to where our car was parked so we can get our lunch and a lot of stuff and then in the tree which is kind of like a shrubbery tree didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of branches it to wasn't it. super tall right it was a smaller tree it was kind of bare we saw a bear literally two bears two baby bears climbing and there was a ranger right there and we caught a glimpse of it and he's like please guys take a picture and move on and chris and i what was our first thought as soon as we saw two baby we bears Two cub bears looking so cute in a tree. What is the first thing you think of? You think is, where's the mom? Yeah. The mom is way bigger and way meaner. And she is somewhere watching her babies because they're not allowed to roam by themselves yet. Right. So, in fact, the bear, the mama bear was in the tree just the other side, just maybe mm-hmm. like not that far away from there, that tree. It climbed down to the ground. And we were all like, okay, let's go. It's time to go now. And even the Ranger Rick over there was saying, hey, uh, everybody, move on. Don't scare. Move on. Because she was standing at the base of that tree with her cubs were in the tree. Yeah. And he kept saying, like, we don't want to aggravate the mom. And so the nice thing is there was another path about 20 feet further away. And so I just directed everybody to that path so that we could walk from or watch from a safe distance where there was like two full barriers distance. Well, these barriers were actually like little like uh, fences. Wooden fences. Yeah, like they were very short fences. fences yeah. yeah, something you do to mark off a trail kind of thing. But it was still far enough away that we wouldn't be perceived as a threat. And there were some people that just like refused to leave. They were standing right there. But from our vantage point, we got to watch these two little cutesy little cubs crawling down from the tree all the way down to the ground to their mama And for our kids, it was such an exciting experience to see bears in the wild, but to also teach them safety on what happens when you come across uh, baby bears in the wild is first seeing, look for the mama and get distance because you never want to come in between baby bears and a mama because for all we know, if we would have looked around, she could have been behind us and then we would be in danger. Right. Absolutely. Because that's a bear thinks. Mama bear. The old term, mama bear, becomes a bear. Yep. I mean, she's a bear after all. Right. But she's a mama bear. So she's protecting her little ones. But uh, we saw that. And then we saw a little further along the trail, this deer walked right out in front of us and was just kind of like looking at us like, hey, what's up? It and, was probably about a good 10, 12 feet away from us, too. It was really yeah. close. And it was like, hey, what's up? And it walked right across the trail, 
uh, walked off the other side of the trail and I took some pictures. I even took a selfie with a deer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, deer. And the kids were just watching and, and there's another deer that had walked out in the middle of a path a f- little bit before, but these bikers, this lady was on like an electric bike, like honked her horn at our boys because they were mesmerized. We're like, dude, they're watching a deer and she totally scared it off. But, oh, man. But then we decided to go back and have our picnic and then... um. We wanted to drive through. The kids were like almost done with Yosemite. Yeah, you know, one little hike, one tiny little hike of like level one of all the hikes. It was only a 30 minute hike, which was basically on smooth surface. And even areas that didn't have smooth surface, they built a smooth plank board, uh, pat, a walk, right. walkway, like a big uh, patio to walk on to kind of cover over the rough area. So basically, you could be in a wheelchair and do this uh, hike. And they were done with that hike. They were right. well, tired we, out from that hike. We did that 30-minute hike and then played on the boulders for about an hour and in the water and then hiked back and then had lunch. And they were like, let's just drive somewhere. So we drove around. And then after a few miles, we found this beautiful, creaky kind of river. It was low water, so it wasn't super deep. Yeah, maybe ankle, a little above ankle yeah, height. Yeah, some maybe. points were almost knee height for me. But um, we knew that it wasn't going to be super deep and the current wasn't super swift. And I had packed beach towels with us. So we decided to go have a little bit of water fun. Oh, the, the, everybody, I didn't jump in. Ezekiel and myself did not get in the I water. I know. Spoil sports. We played around the rocks and took lots of good pictures and video. But you and the other little boys all decided to just get in the water, get wet, take pictures. I got great pictures of you guys in the water, uh, playing in the water. And it, I mean, was it cold water? It wasn't bad at all. It felt really good. And it was really nice on such a hot day. And it was just gorgeous. So we could see Bridal Veil Falls, which is one of my favorite waterfalls. Well, it is my favorite waterfall in Yosemite. You could see it off in the distance. And then you had this water flowing. And so it felt almost like you were swimming in the river flow from the waterfall. Well, technically you are. I know, all the waterfall, so All the water from the waterfalls all pulls down to that area. Yeah. And it's funny, that waterfall was also because it is kind of drying up a little bit. That waterfall was kind of more misting. You see it spray come yeah. down and then you see the wind would catch it and kind of spray the water to the side because it wasn't gushing over the falls a little bit right. as it should be. And speaking of that water down there, was that the area we saw that sign? Oh, so we drove a little bit further after we got out of that creek just around the bend and I, I saw this beautiful vantage point and it was where the the river kind of curved and you had this beautiful view of the entire Yosemite Valley from this little turn it, in the river. It's like picture perfect. It's a spot that everybody takes photographs. We have people taking pictures and it's a great place to take a photograph of you and your family. And, and we the, did. And the, of course we did. <laughs> Except we had, Mason stuck his tongue out in every picture. What? He did? How dare you? I'm going to get you. So in that area where we took the picture where Mason did his thing. There was a sign that was posted. It said water height 1997, I think it was, flood. Yeah, it was. During that year, it must have got some crazy flooding in that area because that sign was literally probably seven feet in the air, maybe. Oh, it was a little higher than that. It was like closer to nine or ten feet. So nine feet in the air, that was the water level above the creek, which was down even lower than when the parking lot was. So we're talking about on top of the parking lot, which is above where the creek was, another nine feet above that was the flood level in uh, 1997. Yeah, so for context purposes, around 1997, because I lived in the Central Valley at the time, was the year around El Nino. And so there was all of these storms that were coming in, really extreme weather, 
And there was heavy, heavy snows that year up in the mountains, along with um, a lot of spring rains. And so what ended up happening is it got warm pretty quickly. And all of that water, like if you have a really large snowpack and then you have a heat wave, what happens is that snow melts off way quicker than a gradual meltdown. Okay. And so the, the, the benefit of having like a deep snowpack plus like gradual, gradual warming is that the water will flow at a more natural pace to be able to get down into the valley and down into L.A. because that water does go down into L.A., to help provide fresh water. But when it melts all of a sudden and then there's rains on top of it, it ha- it results in flooding up in Yosemite, which means that the waters have to be released early down through all of the dams and the waterways. And so that's when like Bass Lake would be at capacity, Shaver Lake would be at capacity, the Friant Kern Canal um, water would be piped down to LA through the pipeline. But then uh, when Yosemite flooded, they couldn't get it down through those waterways fast enough without flooding all the way down in the water's path because there was such a high volume. And so Yosemite flooded, everything up there flooded, houses, cabins, anything that was in the area flooded because that water hi- water level was so high. And I remember trying to, the news was documenting trying to get the water down into the waterways. But what happens is You have people down that live on the edges of rivers that even though they build up a little ways away because they account for flooding, um, they had to be very careful about how many cubic yards or cubic feet of water they released because then it would flood everything in its path. Wow. And so that one year that ended up flooding um, fields that were along the side. And so you had farmers whose crops went underwater and there was like billions of dollars of damage and so yeah so it's crazy how water works like if you think about it yosemite is a huge source of the water for the state of california because of the the elevation and the snowpack and it provides so much water for so many areas of the state but too little water is dangerous and too much snowpack can be dangerous with sudden heat and so yeah, it was really interesting to see that sign, wasn't it? Oh, it was crazy to think like the water level was like that high. You know, I only could imagine what those waterfalls would have looked like. The like the Yosemite oh, gosh, Falls, yeah, it would have been like twice as big, probably, right? Oh gosh, it would have been like walls of water cascading down, huge amounts of water just flooding the area. And speaking of Yosemite, there was another big thing that I like to see when you're we over there. What was that? El Capitan Mountain. We saw it in person right there. It was Big, massive rock wall, which actually, if you go check out the documentary, was it? uh, Free Solo. Free Solo on Disney+. Plus. It's about the guy that actually climbed that mountain without a rope. Right. Check that. It's even more impressive to see in person. You see on the the video, it looks great. But you're there in person. All you see is this big, giant rock wall, mountain. It's all made out of rock right in front of you. We Mm -hmm. weren't even that. We were close to it. We weren't like touching it close. But we were next to it, and it was so big. You're like... Wow, this thing looks so massive. Right. It was really gigantic. And it was crazy to see in person. And yeah, it was just very awe-inspiring. And so, you know, we finished up our Yosemite day and then took the kids back down towards Bass Lake and finished the day off with ice cream. And I don't remember what we had for dinner that night. You know, the funny thing is, I, I oh, thought... Oh, pasta. Yeah, pasta you, night. you made a simple pasta dinner with stuff you had and you brought with us. See, Christine's thinking about stuff, food <laughs> we didn't eat at at all. 
Um, so uh, Christine took care of that dinner. It was fantastic. So yeah. we actually kept it low key that night around the campground. The kids went playing outside, running and around. We just kind of relaxed, which is funny to think because they were so tired on that whole hiking trip. But when we came back, they got their second wind in or something because right. they were super excited to go play with all their friends, take their skateboards out, run around the place, play basketball. Right. And they're out to like nine o'clock. Yeah, definitely. And then. Um, we got back and then the next day was the day that the kids had been waiting for all week long. And that was, first of all, we were checking out of our cabin that day. So in the morning, we all had to do work and pack up. Oh, work, packing and traveling. Oh, my goodness. When you have all these kids, all this stuff, we have to all this luggage and the dog and her luggage. Dogs at luggage, too, by the way. <laughs> and then we have to pack all the kitchen stuff we brought here and, and figure stuff out, take the trash out, clean the cabin just a little bit. So we check out. We're not like leaving like a pigsty. Right. And then do that kind of stuff. So we got all that stuff together, loaded the car up, and we right. had a problem because at first we thought we could load. No, let, let, not at first. Chris told me he didn't want anything going in the on-top cargo carrier because we were going to have to park the car for the day while we went down to the lake. And so I was trying to accommodate his request and squeezing everything in. And then the wrath of Chris was leashed, unleashed because I couldn't The wrath get, of who? The wrath of Chris because I couldn't get everything to fit. Well, that is true. Nothing. We tried to Tetris this car. I mean, let me tell you, the Ford Explorer, it is a, it lots of room to it. It's a bigger SUV. It's not a, not as big as a big giant one, but it's got good size room. And we have packed every single inch of that car as best we could. We still could not fit everything in that car. Right. We couldn't. So we had to pull out the handy dandy cargo roof carrier. And we put everything back in that like normal right. and we strapped that thing to the roof, made more room. So then we were ready to go down to the uh, city town area where the all the fun where stuff. Where the marina was. And the boat rental. Right. And so as we had mentioned, we planned to rent a boat for the kids just for the five of us plus Clover to take out. And when we went on Tuesday to reserve it ahead of time, they were out of the small and medium boats. And so... We had this 20% off coupon from the resort we were staying in. So we just had to get the 12-seater pontoon boat and uh, take and the kids and out. And mind on you, there's one. only five of us. Right. Five of us and, and, you know, two of them are younger kids. So there's three bigger adults-sized people on two uh, little... Who are you calling big? Me. <laughs> and uh, two little kids on this big 12-seater yacht. Basically. Well, it wasn't a yacht, but it was a pontoon boat. And so we paid for an inner tube to be able to pull the kids behind us. And we went down, we'd packed our food uh, and we got stuff because there was a barbecue on it. So we got chicken drumsticks that I'd pre-purchased, corn on the cob, chips, salsa, snacks, drinks, and Clover in her cute little life vest. And we went down and we got on our boat and we had rented it for five full hours. So basically the other half of the afternoon or we got there what time around noon? Yeah. Or one? Noon. So basically from noon until what? 6 p.m. We were on this boat on the lake on the water. We did not dock the boat at all. We did not get off the boat at all except for jumping into the water. Yeah. And we were on the boat. So we actually packed a cooler full of food. And on this boat, what I noticed was a thing was that these boats have these little micro barbecue grills on the front of the boat yeah which is kind of nuts it's like on the, i would think it'd be on the, towards the back but these grills are on the very front edge of the boat which is like almost like you have to be on the very edge past the little barrier where you would sit down you're mm -hmm. at, actually outside the gate area next to the edge of the boat is where the barbecue grill is on a platform 
planted towards the frame of the boat with this tiny little propane bottle. You know those tiny ones that you'd use for those little little small barbecues you'd have for camping? Right. Not the big giant barbecue containers, which actually ran out of juice after it took me forever to get it cooking and get it going. Yeah, but you did a great job. And so, you know, we played around. We got the kids out on the inner tube and I got to drive the boat. Chris let me drive it. It was super fun. And then at lunchtime, well, we did a late lunch. We parked in this like lagoon area, but we couldn't beach the boat. So we just floated and dropped the anchor and dropped an anchor. And Chris, you had told me that it was like one of your dreams to be able to do what? Jump off a boat into the middle of a lake or ocean. Yeah. And so the boys had so much fun doing that. We put up our flag so that people knew what kids were in the water and we were in a five mile an hour, five mile an hour zone. So it was safe and there was no wake. And the kids had a blast just swimming around. And there was these ducks and geese that kept coming around. Well, you were feeding them uh, <laughs> bread <laughs> bread chunks and stuff. Of I course they were coming bread. to you. Yeah. And um, the kids swam around. And Clover, oh, my gosh, she was an angel the entire time we were on the boat. She just sat in her little life jacket right next to me as my co-pilot. And she, you know, wandered around a tiny bit. But she just wanted to sit by me and just snuggle up, and she just loved every minute of it. Oh, it was so much fun. We, we we brought fishing poles, although we did not do any fishing at all, but the kids did do a lot of jumping in and out of the water. I jumped out of the water. Christine jumped out of the water. Yeah. You had a little inflatable life, a little pool float, you know, something you see in a pool that you lay on, and Christine was laying on that in the water, and I jumped in the water and uh, got some GoPro video of us uh, doing that, and also we rented, not only did we get the boat, we also got a towing toy to go behind the boat to right. sit on. Now, this towing toy, not like the other one the kids were on, this one you actually have to lay on your stomach and hang on for dear life. <laughs> I went on it. The kids went on it multiple times. I went on it with Mason and I almost fell off. Actually, like I got... You so- did fall off right well, when I was parking the boat. I was telling you, stop, stop. I had enough. I had enough because I was barely hanging on the thing. It, po- it pulls you and you're trying to hang on this thing and it's yanking your arms and it's so hard to hang on that thing and i'm just like ready to let go i'm so my arms are so sore mason's having a blast and i was like okay i can't do it anymore i'm ready to fall off this thing and fall into the water that's exactly what i did after christine kind of like put the boat in neutral and we yeah. kind of parked and i was like i'm done i'm i'm my arms are so my arms still feel sore from doing Aww. that all right drama king but the kids had a blast and then you know we parked the boat at the end of our rental and everybody in our bathing suits just hopped into the car and we strapped Clover in and we dis- we drove down the hill an hour and a half to my parents' house where we stayed for two nights in my hometown and for Jacob and Mason. It was their first time to be able to be at my parents' house. And, you know, when you're blending families, it's al- always an interesting dynamic. Of course, they're getting used to one new parent, but they're also being introduced to new grandparents. And so it was really important to my parents. They really want to build a relationship with Jacob and Mason because they are their youngest grandkids now. And, oh, yeah. And they really do love them and want to spend time with them. But being so far away, they don't always get to. And so it was really important for them to spend time up camping with us and then for us to be able to stay at their house. And so they do have plenty of room. And we got the boys and ourselves all settled in. And that first night, we got back late. And so um, after we unpacked, we just went to downtown and grabbed some burgers at this place called Stacked in Kingsburg, my hometown. The boys were so hungry, but poor little Mason was so exhausted. He was falling asleep at the table. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a long day for these little kids, too. So it, it was about 9 o'clock at night when we actually right. ate dinner. So we finally get back. We get settled in. We all go to bed. And the very next day, which was Friday, 
Yeah, that was our only full day. And Zeke had been planning for Friday for it seemed like his whole life because he wanted to show Jacob and Mason his life up in Central California, which if you think about, there's 350 miles distance between us here and where Zeke spends a good portion of his time. And so when I'm up with Zeke in the in Central Valley, it's really hard for the littles to visualize what that life is like. And so Zeke had said he wanted to take them on a tour and do all of his favorite things for the day. And so we let him call the shots for most of the day because it was really important to him. And so we woke up. Uh, we started our morning at Zeke's favorite breakfast place in Selma, California called McCoy's, right? It's like a breakfast diner. We have a place over here called Perry's Cafe. It's very similar to it. It's like a – now, that, the McCoy's do dinner or is it only breakfast and lunch? They do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So we had breakfast there and that was fun. And then after that, we got in the car and we drove up the road to a little town called Fresno. And Zeke put on his tour guide hat and he gave us a tour. He told me where he wanted to go. And oh, we walked or we drove by all the different landmarks, his old elementary school, his old middle school, our old house that we lived in in Fresno. We had to drive by the Starbucks that I always took him to when we lived in town. Yeah, the school that you were a principal at. Yeah, school I was a principal at. And then we went and took the boys up to Zeke's He's been telling the boys all about it all week long. This card shop that he loves to go to. It's cards and collectibles. It's right. a place that has a lot of uh, Star Wars and toy minifigures and all that kind of stuff. And they also have a lot of baseball cards, football cards, sports cards, and like Pokemon cards. And they have some things like that too in this shop. It's like, yeah. So, that, so Zeke was telling all the kids all about it. So they went in there and they spent all their allowance on <laughs> cards and uh, basically baseball cards and things like that. Yeah. And it's called Bases Loaded and they loved it. And then after that, uh, we had planned, Zeke and I had planned to take everybody to our famous, our favorite place to get tri-tip, which is if you're not from California, then we know that you probably don't have tri-tip cuts where you're from because it's kind of a unique to California thing. Um, but it's a beef cut and it's um, like a steak, but it's thinly sliced and it's cooked um, over charcoal typically for a couple of hours so that it's like juicy and yummy and with yummy barbecue sauce. And there's this place called Doghouse Grill right across the street from CSU Fresno. And they make these amazing tri-tip sandwiches. And so Zeke and I went. At, we wanted to take everybody. But the thing about this place is so there's five of us. We ordered two tri-tip sandwiches and one basket of fries, and it fed all five of us. And some the kids didn't even eat all of their food, and it was plenty. Right. Well, also, we had that breakfast a few hours earlier at that other place. So, But still, it was plenty of food, and the kids loved it. And then at, uh, Zeke's dad came to visit him for a few minutes while we were there because he really had missed him. And uh, after that, we surprised the kids by taking them to Defy, which is a trampoline obstacle course place in Clovis. Indoor trampoline park. And this place is massive. It's a big, giant warehouse. I would say it's almost like an acre in size. It's so big. Right. And so we... I think it's bigger than an acre. Probably a couple. Inside? Wow. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's really... I mean, I didn't think make warehouses that big, but I guess they do. So we were, so we were there. The kids went nuts for an hour. And while we were the, do, while the kids are going crazy doing their thing, Christine and I were so tired. Tired. Us old folks are so tired out. We went upstairs. They had a big loft with a viewing platform with a big 
cozy couch. We would both kind of sat in that thing. And <laughs> totally our, fell asleep. Closed your eyes for a little bit while the kids were down there doing their craziness. And then the hard part was getting them out of there and right. telling them it was time to go because you have a time limit of an hour. And when your time is up, you're supposed to go. Yeah. And then get around the kids up, tell them, we got to go. Time to go. Time's up. And they're running around doing their things. They had a jousting thing they were playing and they had trampolines and a slide and an obstacle course. And Ezekiel liked the slam dunk contest right. for the trampoline thing. You jump up down and you slam the ball and the hoops and it's all fun and games yeah and then we drove back to grandma and grandpa's house and we were having pizza at my favorite pizza place that's in kingsburg called corsaro's they just opened up a newer pizza place across the street from where they used to be so there's plenty of space and we got there early and we ordered pizza and we had fun having it which in my family growing up that was a tradition is on friday nights you know we didn't Always have a lot of money growing up, but one of the things that my parents did is we would go out to pizza with different family friends that had kids and the pizza place would have like games, but this place didn't. Yeah, like I remember like the old round tables back in the day would have right. like video games, yep. arca- like a couple, it would have a lot, maybe like two machines right. in the in the place and that was enough for us because we got all excited about right. that. Right. Uh, there was no games there, but we did have Friday night pizza and then across the street we went to Bella Creamery, which is an ice cream shop. And we got to pick all different kinds of ice cream. And I was really proud of Jacob and Mason. They wanted mint chip. And they had mint chip, but it was sheep's milk mint chip. And the kids ate it and they couldn't even tell the difference. And they loved it. And so, you know, we went home after that and they just kind of zonked out after a while because we were getting ready to come home on Saturday. Saturday was our official return trip back here to San Diego yeah. from up north. So we tried to leave early or early-ish, I should say. Yeah, we'd planned to leave by 11 and then we got out the door by 1030. But then we had to grab breakfast and then Mason forgot something. So we had to double back to the house. Luckily, we didn't go that far. We didn't get to the right. freeway yet. We're just about to get to the freeway. We're getting the gas, getting some breakfast. And then Mason's like, I can't find my phone. I think I'll have my phone at the house. So we're like, are you sure? Look in the car. You find it, Mason. No, I don't know where I can Okay, so after we get gas and get everything, we're going to head back mm-hmm. to the house, go inside, and we're going to look for your phone if you think you know where it is. And luckily, we found it in like one sweep because exactly where I knew it was yeah. was in the room he was staying in. His little air mattress was in, was in your dad's office. Oh, yeah. And on the counter, he left his phone, and that's exactly where it was. Wow. Well, thank goodness for that. So we finally got on the road. Made our way home through horrendous traffic, what normally takes four hours. Oh, my goodness. The traffic. I got to say, when we get down the hill and touch L.A., like get into like the area where it becomes Los Angeles County line, the traffic began and it never lifted. So what typically is a drive that takes like four and a half or four hours and 45 minutes took us just over seven hours. (gasps) And that was only with one little stop to grab lunch where we finally, I mean, it took forever to find a place to grab food. But it it just took forever. And we finally got home last night and unpacked and got settled home. And then I got to sleep in my bed last night. It was sleep, glorious. Oh, this, you know, that's one thing I, I don't like about traveling is sleeping. It's not – I'm a worried traveler anyways. You know, I'm not – You're I'm, a horrible traveler. I am. You know, I, I officially decided that I don't like traveling. Like, well, you're like, miserable to be with. So I'm going to go by myself from now on. Fine with me. Some people love traveling. But me, I, I could – Take it or leave it. I could care less if I ever travel again. I can travel with the boys and they're fine, but you are a bump on a log. I am. I don't like traveling. I just I just don't like traveling. I don't know why people like it so much. I don't know why. <sighs> what is the allure about traveling? I don't get it. It's just seeing new places and doing new things. But Google. Google the new places too. <laughs> 
So we got home and we got unpacked and everything. But, you know, as I've been reflecting on this trip, I had to think about like what some of my favorite moments were. And there were a lot of great moments. Um, You know, according to Mason, he thinks that nothing will ever top being able to swim in the little pools at the bottom of the waterfalls. That's what he said. Wow, really? Okay. But I had so much fun on our boat that we rented watching our kids be crazy. And Zeke had the Bluetooth speaker going and they were dancing. And I think you got some of that on video where they were just being nuts. And it felt kind of like spring break with our kids on I this know. boat. It did, didn't it? Yeah. And they were like opening up their sodas and like chugging sodas and dancing around, blasting their music. But, you know, that's what some of the memories are that are so fun is being able to see our kids be kids and be silly and goofy and being able to make those memories with them and just seeing them have fun after especially a long year plus with COVID. It was just really hard to see so much fun coming through and to see things getting a little bit back to normal was really great. Oh, that was fantastic. It was a fantastic trip after all. Although I do complain about tra- traveling and going on trips. That was just a, a little. That was <laughs> Thank you. That was an amazing adventure. And more of our more of our amazing adventures, you always go to our website, which is uh, www.chrisandchristineshow.com. And that's Chris and Christine with K's in the next in the next couple of weeks, Chris is going to be, or sorry, next couple of days, Chris is going to be posting our video, our one of our famous GoPro videos that he puts together documenting our trip and the highlights. So we'd encourage you to go over there and check it out. And please definitely leave us a review on our podcast. We love all kinds of reviews, especially those five-star ones, but be honest. And definitely share this episode with somebody that you love. Um spread the word about the Chris and Christine show because we're always trying to bring life, love, and happiness to anyone that listens. Right, Chris? Amen, sister. I love it. That was well said. And we'll be back with you next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward. <laughs>